Yo, today's QOD is, do you respond to life or do you react to life? Here we go. Welcome back to the Quote of the Day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. We've got Zig Ziglar back on the show today. And today, Zig is covering a topic that we have to remind ourselves of every single day, multiple times a day. And we have to understand that we have a choice. Are we going to react or are we going to respond? When we're in traffic, when we're in line, when we're returning email, when we're dealing with a difficult person, we always have that choice. React or respond. Here's Zig. The question I want to start you with today is do you respond to life or do you react to life? The doctors say that respond is positive, react is negative. You get sick, go to the doctor. She gives you a prescription, says, see me tomorrow. You walk in the next day, she shakes her head and says, "Uh uh-oh, your body is reacting to the medicine. We got to change the prescription. But if she smiles and says, hey, it's working, your body is responding uh, to the treatment, everything's going to be okay, then you get excited. Responding and reacting is going to be enormously important. On January the 23rd, 1981, I was in Kansas City, Missouri. It was my final stop on a long week. I'd all that week been doing four-hour seminars, north, south, east, and west, border to border, coast to coast. And when I do a four-hour seminar, I expend an incredible amount of energy. On this particular day, we were recording, and when you record, you move it up one more notch because you don't have your body to communicate with. It's got to be all voice and voice inflection and excitement and that sort of thing. So I turned it up a notch, and I already speak at about 280 words a minute with gust up to about 550. So I had really turned it up. At the end of the seminar, we had to record it that day, and uh, our recording gear, this was in 1981. Now, that's a long time ago, and you had bulky equipment. One of our recording boxes weighed over 140 pounds. My son-in-law, Chad Whitmire, was with me doing the recording. We had a 3 o'clock flight back to Dallas. We finished straight up and down, 1 o'clock. The airlines had said, hey, you got to be here at least an hour early so we can stow the gear. So the minute I finished, we started to assembling all of the gear. We packed up as quickly as was humanly possible. We made the mad dash to the airport, got there straight up and down at two o'clock. When I walked into the airport, there were two long lines of people. We chose what I thought was the uh, shortest line and prepared to wait. Well, I noticed almost immediately that there was a vacant spot down at the counter and there was a sign that said position closed. I also noticed there was an individual, a lady who was walking around behind the counter. Well, I just knew in my own mind that in a matter of minutes, that position closed was about to be turned over to position open, so I got ready. Well, sure enough, the lady walked down, she flipped that sign over, looked at the two long lines of people and said, 
Those of you who have a seat on the three o'clock flight to Dallas, come over here. Well, quick as a flash, I was over there. I mean, I got to the new line before anybody else had even left the old line. The lady smiled at me as pleasant as I've ever been smiled at and said, the three o'clock flight to Dallas has been canceled. <laughs> and I said, fantastic. She looked at me strange and she said, what do you mean fantastic? I just told you that your flight has been canceled. I said, ma'am, it's very simple. There are only three reasons on earth why anybody would ever cancel a flight to Dallas, Texas. I said, number one, something is wrong with that airplane. Or number two, something is wrong with that person that's going to fly that airplane. Or number three, something is wrong way up there. Now, ma'am, if any one of those three situations exists, I don't want to be up there. I want to be right down here. Fantastic. Now, have you ever noticed that some people can't wait to give you the bad news? Oh, Sally, I hate to tell you this. It just kills me to tell you this. They can't wait to get the bad news out. She put her hands on her hips and she said, yeah, but the next flight doesn't leave until 6 Oh, five. I said, fantastic. Well, by now, the other long line of two lines of people over here are looking over at me as if to say, who is that nut that says everything is fantastic? Well, it brought the aid agent to a dead stop. She looked at me and she said, now look, I just told you that you've got a four-hour wait here in the Kansas City airport, and you say, fantastic. Now, why on earth would you say a thing like that? I said, ma'am, it's very simple. I'm 54 years old, and in my lifetime, I have never before had an opportunity to spend four hours in the airport in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, I said, do you realize at this precise moment there are literally tens of millions of people on the face of this earth who not only are cold, but who also are hungry? And though it is awfully cold on the outside, here I am in a marvelously warm building here. There's a nice little coffee shop down the way. Going to go down there, get myself a cup of coffee, and relax for a minute. Then I've got some extremely important work I've got to do. Now, here I am in one of the most beautiful buildings in the Kansas City area, four hours of rent free space, and I am really excited about doing it. <laughs> now, you might be thinking to yourself, now, Ziegler, I've heard about these positive thinkers, but man, that's kind of way out. Now, are you telling me the truth? Are you absolutely sure that's exactly what you said? Scout's honor, that is exactly what I said, and my son-in-law will validate that statement. That's exactly what I said. Okay, okay, you said it. But now tell me the truth, Ziegler. Is that the way you really felt? Why, of course not. I'd been gone all week. I was tired. I wanted to be headed home. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, there are some things that we absolutely are not going to change in our life. You see, I had a choice there. I didn't know of that lady, but I knew this. She could cancel my flight, but she couldn't cancel my day. You see, I had a choice there. Do I want to respond or do I want to react? I could have reacted sarcastically. I could have said, that's great. That's just great. 
I've had my seat now for over a month reserved. I've had my ticket for nearly a month. I wanted to know, ma'am, as I drove up here, I could not help but notice there are a whole bunch of your airplanes sitting out there on the runway not doing a cotton-picking thing. Now, how come you can't crank up one of those airplanes and take me on down to Dallas with other folks that want to go to Dallas? I could have done that. And the next flight still leaves at 6 5 I could have jumped up and down, ranted and raved and screamed and stomped my foot, made an absolute idiot out of myself, demanded my rights. I'll sue you. That's what I'll do to you. Hear me? I will sue you for such a dastardly deed that you are pulling here. And the next flight still leaves at 6.05. Now, folks, there are some things you ain't going to change. If you were born white, you're going to stay white. If you were born black, you're going to stay black. You're not going to change one whisper about yesterday. Ah, oh, but tomorrow, that's an entirely different story. And whether you respond to life or whether you react to life really does determine exactly what is going to happen in your life. As I said, that lady could cancel my flight. She could not cancel my day. You know how folks are. You let them cancel a day. And the first thing you know, they'll want to cancel two days and then three days and then four days. And some people, ladies and gentlemen, permit others to cancel a lifetime. I've seen it happen. Do you respond to life or do you react to life? That is an enormously important message we need to understand. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been riding down the freeway, minding your own business? You're neither positive nor negative. You're just kind of riding along down the freeway and all of a sudden some idiot, to be kind to him, pulls in front of you. You hit your brakes, you hit your horn all at the same time and you proceed to give him a piece of your mind. Why don't you watch where you're going, you dummy? I could have hit you and I could have been killed and you could have been on deal too. I'll tell you, your life is not safe anymore. I mean, you really read him the right act. You get down to the office and what do you do? You tell the first person you meet about these crazy people out there on the freeways and the second person you you and the third person you meet must have been drunk or on drugs or something. I mean, your life is not safe anymore. I mean, you really are upset about it. And in the meantime, the man who did the dastardly deed rides merrily along, <laughs> unaware of the fact that you even exist. Yet he is in control of your thinking, which means he's in control of your action. He is affecting your relationship with those below you, above you, and around you, which means he literally is in control of your career and you don't even know who he is. It is the ultimate put down. Do you respond or do you react to life? Your self-image is the key to which one of these you do. All right, that was Zig Ziglar. His website is zigziglar.com. Today's clip comes from Zig's audio program. You can find this one on audible.com. It is called Master Your Winning Edge Success Legacy Library. That is it for me. Please leave a rating and or review for the show on the iTunes. Get onto my newsletter list. Did you know that many people actually enjoy my newsletter just as much, if not more, than they enjoy the podcast. I can write a little bit. So go to SeanCroxton.com, get on the newsletter list, get my free ebook, The Money Mind Reset, Five Steps to Changing Your Relationship with Money as well. And I will see you tomorrow with Robin Sharma. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>